If you have your Bibles for a few moments, my wife's not here so I can say this. I'll do you like Elizabeth Taylor did her fifth husband. I won't hold you long. I'm just being a little facetious right now, but I hope the Lord will forgive me for that. First Chronicles chapter 11. I've been wanting to preach from this passage for weeks. I've got another message. But I went there today thinking that I was going to pull that one out and preach it. And while I was looking, the Lord turned my eyes to some earlier verses. And, well, I guess you'll find out whether it was the Lord or just me. First Chronicles chapter 11 and verse number 5. The Bible said, And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, Thou shalt not come hither. I love some words in Scripture more than others. And I love this next word. Nevertheless. Can you say that with me? Nevertheless. David took the castle of Zion, which is the city of David. Now I want to go to the same, same setting, but I want to read it from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. And it reads like this. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame. Or in other words, you're going to have to deal with the blind and the lame to take this city. Thou shalt not come in hither. I love it when the devil says, I can't. Amen. Thou shalt not come in hither. Thinking, David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. One translation said, or maybe it was my translation, he did it anyway. Amen. Maybe that's my subject tonight. Do it anyway. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise one more time. Would you do that? Oh, come on. Let's do it like we mean it. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. I love David and I probably preach about David and from David's writings more than any other uh, text in scripture 
because David inspires me. I, I know if you read much about David and if you heard my brother preach a few months ago about the history behind David's life and you know all of the adversities that he dealt with and all of the things that he had to overcome to rise and be the king of Israel and he, he ruled for 40 years over Israel and to know the, the foes that he overcame and the men that he inspired. David was the inspiration for the men who came to be known as his mighty men. Men of exceptional valor and courage. Men who would rise to the occasion and they would defeat the enemy. David was not afraid and on many occasions when the enemy uh, counted him out, David found a way to put himself back in the game. Even when his own son turned against him and he had taken the heart of Jerusalem and David was having to flee. Somehow David maintained his composure and he kept himself from losing his mind. That's a great thing when trouble is all around you to keep your mind. Amen. Somehow through it all to be able to hang on. But the, the account of our text tonight is concerning something early on in the reign of David over Israel. And it concerned the city of Jebus at that time, as it was known, the city of the Jebusites. It was one of the great strongholds of Canaan. It was the stronghold of the Canaanite, um, um, the Jebusites, I should say, and it was an extremely powerful, almost impregnable place of security. As far as I understand, the Jebusites had held that place ever since Israel had entered into the land of Canaan. It was situated between three valleys, and the valleys were extremely steep. It was Mount Zion, one of the three mountains that make up the city of Jerusalem. And it was a, the highest place in that area. It was well situated in its location. And the very site itself gave it certain advantages. The natural surroundings were an advantage to those who live within its walls. And they had held that stronghold for a long, long time. They were secured by their natural surroundings and that emboldened them. And it gave them great courage to hang on to that place. It was so strong a position that they felt that it was impossible for anybody to penetrate that city and take it. And obviously or evidently that had been the case for Israel in all of the years of being in the land of Canaan had never taken that city, even under Joshua and under the others who rose up after him. 
No one had been able to take that city away from the Jebusites. And it was, if, if you could go there and see it, you would understand. Because approaching the city itself, it gave one the sense that it was truly an impossible task because you were coming up from a low valley. And even though the walls may have only been 10 feet or 12 feet tall, when you're down 100 feet lower than that on an elevation climbing up toward it, it made those walls look like they were 100 feet tall. It was the perfect place for defense, and it had been for many years the hangout of these troubling Jebusites. It was an area that I might say in all of the land of Canaan that had remained independent of God's rule, even though Israel had taken most other parts. They had never been able to wrestle the stronghold of this city away, and David dared to take on the challenge. When David appeared under the towering walls of this city, I have the feeling that it was no different than it had been for others that had thought the same thing. You can't do it. This is our place. You will never take this away from us. And bolstered by that haughty self sense of security, they said to them that in essence you will not take this away from us. We are not leaving this stronghold that we have held for so long. And I am sure that they thought that David was, a, was much like many others, that he was no different than others that had come before him who had tried and failed to take the place. And they were so emboldened that they began to taunt him and they began to cast jeering remarks toward him. They were so secure that they said this, we are so confident that we're going to hang on to this place, that we're going to leave the safeguard of this city to the cripples and the lame people, that this place is so secure, that, and, and we are so entrenched here that even the lame and the blind could stand guard and nobody could defeat them. What a setting. Those taunts were sent out, no doubt, to mock his efforts. And they mocked the very thought that David had, that he could take this place, that he could change the dynamics of this situation. They mocked his desire for God's purpose for Israel because this was ultimately to become the dwelling place of God's presence, the temple. It was going to be built here and the tabernacle would find its place there at some point. And so these mocked him and his desire. And such is still the enemy of, uh, of our soul. He will say to you and I about many things that you will never get in here. You will never overcome this. You will never take this back. 
You will never possess this. According to Bible scholars, this one thing was one of David's most brilliant achievements. Scholars to this day still do not know how David accomplished the fact and the feat. They don't know whether he grappled over the walls or he found some other way through the conduit of the city that brought its water supply. But whatever the case, the fact is that when the enemy said you can't, David said, I think I can. Hallelujah. And David rose up against all of the odds. And he achieved one of his greatest victories. An impossibility was overcome. The enemy underestimated David that day. And the scripture says that David came on anyway. I like that word anyway. Amen. No matter how many roadblocks the devil throws up before you, you just keep coming on anyway. No matter how many ways he tries to trip you up, discourage you, or make you fall down and give up, somehow there's something in you that said, if I can just get back to church tonight, if I can just get back in another worship service, if I can just get around God's people one more time, I think I'm going to make it. And it's that anyway that got him where he needed to be and where he wanted to be. And I am thankful that there's such a man in Scripture like David. He was undeterred and he was undiscouraged and he was unfazed by the ridicule of the mockers. He did it anyway. I've come with a simple message tonight and a simple thought for somebody. The devil is counting on the fact that it's just too hard And it's going to take too much effort and it's going to take too much out of you for you to really rise and be what God has called you to be. And so he's counting on you, giving up somewhere along the way, somewhere in the process of living for God. The burden gets too heavy. The pressures get too much. The troubles mount up too high. And when you look at it, it looks like an impossible situation. And the devil's counting on you, looking at that and saying, there's no way I'll ever overcome this. But what I'm praying tonight is that a spirit of David will rise up in somebody and they'll say you know what I think I'm going to do it anyway I think I'm going to live for God anyway I think I'm going to go on anyway I think I'm going to worship anyway I think I'm going to praise him anyway I think I'm going to lift my hands and show him anyway I'm not down and I'm not defeated but I am going through Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, yes. You know what? I think the devil's underestimated some of you, some of you young people. 
He's counting on you getting so weary and discouraged by classmates and peers mocking or making fun of your godliness that you're going to decide, you know what, it's not worth the effort. But I've come to tell you tonight, go on anyway. Live for God anyway. In spite of what those around you might say, say, you know what, there's something else in my heart. There's something else drawing me. There's something telling me that I can live for God. I can overcome this. I can rise up and be everything God promised me that I could be. Amen. He's counting on it being too hard. That you're somewhere along the line going to give up and lose heart. The devil's counting on you not making it. You know what you need to do tonight? You need to get on your feet and tell hell, I'm not coming. (laughs) Ah, Yes, just tell the devil, no, that's not going to happen. It may seem an impossibility, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. I think there's ways that God has of getting you through that if he were to tell you, you wouldn't even believe it. So God just keeps it a mystery, but he gets you through. Somehow God makes a way. If God had told Israel when he was bringing them out of Egypt, now the way I'm going to get you to the promised land is you're going to come to a Red Sea and you're going to have mountains on both sides of you and the enemy breathing down your backside and I'm going to cause the water to part. I dare say half of them would have thought God God would have lost his mind. There's no way such a thing as that could happen. But God has a way of getting you through that you can't even comprehend. I'm just asking you to get up and go with him. Said no matter whether you understand it or not, just know this, that God is going to get you through no matter what happens. Amen. Amen. Your enemy says of you tonight that you'll never take this stronghold. And I come to tell somebody that the devil has so entrenched himself in some areas of life that he is so bold that he will speak to you in your private moments and tell you, you're never going to put this behind you. You are never going to rise up from this failure. You're never going to overcome this mistake. That's mine. That's my stronghold. That's the thing that I always get you by. That's the thing that I always humble you by. But I've come to tell somebody here tonight that you need to do what David did. Rise up and do it anyway. Rise up and defy the odds. Rise up and tell hell I'm not coming. I've changed my mind. I think I'm going to take the city for God. He thinks to some of you tonight that you will... Never recover and you will never change your situation and you will never rise up again to give God the praise that he deserved. But somebody needs to do it anyway. Amen. Somebody needs to do it anyway. Why don't you do yourself a favor tonight and just get up anyway. Say, Brother Hughes, I don't feel like it. Well, get up anyway. Or Brother Hughes, I don't know if I can. Do it anyway. (laughs) Amen. Get up in the morning and make up your mind that somehow I'm going to get through this mess that I'm in. No matter what it takes, I'm going to overcome this. The devil wants to make somebody believe here tonight that you're never going to get ahead. And you're never going to overcome. And you're never going to put this behind you. And he mocks your efforts to live for God. 
Man, I remember the first thing that ever happened to me after I received the Holy Ghost. And I, I, I've shared this with you, but it, it has made such an indelible print on my mind and life that I have to talk about it every once in a while. But I had sought for the Holy Ghost for a long time. I, and it, please understand me. It's not hard to receive the Holy Ghost. All you've got to do is just open your heart and let God come in and take over and I just had a problem letting God take over I like doing it my way and so God said okay but one night I got desperate and I I just gave it all to him and I'll never forget man the power of the Holy Ghost I began to speak with other tongues and you know back then they had everybody get up and testify of what had happened to them we don't do that anymore. But back then, you had to get up before the church that night before you went home and tell the church what happened to you. And I was so excited. Man, I was still had tears on my face. And Pastor Holly got me up and he said, Mark, tell them what happened to you tonight. And I said, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. I received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost got me. Maybe I should have said it that way. And then service was over and we all went home and Got in bed and man, the devil showed up in my bedroom. And I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep and he starts talking to me. Yeah, you made a fool of yourself tonight, didn't you? Told all those people you received the Holy Ghost. That wasn't God, that was you. And I mean, he started working on my mind. I'm just 11, 12 years old. I, I, it, it's getting to me, and I'm, I'm starting to freak out a little bit. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I've lied to the church. Back then, the fear of God was a lot stronger on people than it is today. And I was afraid I'd, I'd just blaspheme. That's what I thought. I thought I'd blaspheme. I told God I had something, and I did And you can only imagine, 12 years old, 11 years old, I'm struggling with that. And, and I'm thinking, man, what? I, I, I'm going to have to go back to church and tell my pastor I didn't get the Holy Ghost. And finally, I had, to, had to, enough knowledge, didn't have a lot, but I had enough to wake my brother up. And I don't know if it was annoyance or what, but James rolled over and he said, what? <laughs> I said, man, and I started pouring out my heart. I'm, I'm afraid I lied tonight. I'm, a, I'm, I'm afraid I told Brother Holly in the church that I received all those. I don't, I don't think I did. I think that was just me. And my brother laid there for a moment in the darkness. He said, I'm going to ask you a question, Mark. Do you think the devil would tell you you didn't have something that you didn't have? Did you get that? He's not going to waste his time telling you you don't have something you don't have. So the simple fact that he's telling you you don't have it is a real good sign that you did get it. Oh, what a revelation. What a relief to know. And you know what? Ever since that day, every time the devil comes creeping around and tries to tell me something else that I don't have, I go back to that moment in time and I think, you know what? If he's telling me I can't, it must be a good thing to know that I can. 
that if he's saying you can't take this, you'll never overcome that. You'll never be that. It's a good indication that that's exactly what God has in mind for you to do. That's what God intends for you to do. Get up and do it anyway. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Whoa! My Lord, have mercy. You can stand. I told you I wasn't going to hold you long. Oh, Lord. Too many people tonight are buying into the lie that it is impossible to live for God in the day in which we live. And the fact that he's telling you you can't ought to be the inspiration that will cause you to get on your feet and say, you know what, I think I can. Amen. God didn't call me to fail. He called me to overcome. How many times does the devil mock your efforts to live for God? And you know what? Sometimes he's, he has a legitimate mockery because I don't do a real good job sometimes living for God. I don't. Sometimes my flesh shows up and I can, I cop an attitude or I get mad or I say things that I, you don't, you don't think I do that. I know you don't. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about my alter ego. There's another man that shows up every once in a while. So I don't always do a real good job and the devil really works on that. I think he does on all of us. He works on the fact that sometimes we are just not at our best. But one day I was reading scripture and the Bible in the book of Psalms says that he heard my sigh. My sigh. A sigh is not a word. It's just a sound. Evidently the psalmist had become so overwhelmed that all he could do was just groan. God heard it. And God delivered him. God moved. God made a way. God intervened. Just a sigh. And even though there may be grounds for him to mock me, God steps up and says, hey, wait a second. This isn't really about you. This is about me. Amen. And with me, nothing shall be impossible. And with me, nothing is too hard. And with me, you can get up and do it anyway. Imperfect as you might be, have no idea how David did it, but he did it. You know what? I think there's some victories God wants to give some of you folks that when you look back at you're going to think, how in the world did that happen? (laughs) How did I get through that? I'll tell you how. You did it anyway. Say anyway. It wasn't because you were so smart or you had some extra spiritual sensitivity. It's just the fact that somehow God made it. He he made you to overcome. He made you to rise up. And when the enemy says that you can't, he is counting on you getting up. And so why don't you do what David did?
go on anyway. While he's talking his business, just do it anyway. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I like to get on Facebook every once in a while. Not, I don't mean literally. I just like to preach about it every once in a while. But when Facebook is just giving it this about you, you know what you need to do? You need to go on anyway. When Facebook or people are saying this, or doing this about you, you just get up and say, you know what? That's not what God thinks about me. That's not how God feels about me. I think I'm going to go on anyway. You don't need to send a message to anybody but the devil, and that is, I ain't coming. Amen. Tell him I'm not coming. It doesn't matter what I've got to face. It doesn't matter what I've got to deal with. It doesn't matter what I've got to overcome. It doesn't matter what I've got to climb over or tunnel through. I'm going through. Woo! <laughs> I wish the spirit of David would get in some of you tonight and you just get some holiness and the Holy Ghost about you and and look your enemy in the eye and say, guess what? I've got news for you. I am going to take this city. This is going to be God's possession. This place has stayed away from the rule of God too long. It's time for God to have authority over this place in my life. Come on, lift your hands to him right now. One, one more time. Come on, praise him. Somehow. Some way I'm going to survive. In some way I'm going to go through. I'm not intimidated by what I see. I'm encouraged by what I hear. And the word of the Lord said that you can. Hallelujah. I am encouraged by what God says. You shall overcome. Hallelujah. David took the city. David took the city. And that's what you need to do tonight. You need to take some things back that the devil has tried to steal from you. Your spirit of faith, your courage, your confidence, that boldness, you need to take it back. Amen. Whatever it is that the devil's tried to steal from you, you need to get on your two feet. And say, by the help of God, I'm going through. By the help of God, I'm going to do it anyway. My body may not feel like it, but I'm going on anyway. I'm going through. Come on, is there anybody in this building that would make up their mind tonight? Oh, I've made up my mind. Yes, I have. 